Another episode of. Can I have a word? So, uh, you're Harry. And you're Phil. And together we are Harry, Harry and, and Phil. Phil. Uh, and uh, this is uh, Can I Have a Word, which is uh, the podcast where we get a random word from my random word generator on my phone and we and it prompts a conversation that could go anywhere, could be about anything, and it's often does and you never know what we're going to get and neither do we um but what we have got is a guest and that doesn't happen very often but we've got one so i have got uh, my good friend and colleague from sky but also musician and filmmaker rob singh hello rob hey harry hey phil how are you guys doing we're doing fine hey Brilliant. thanks for having me I guess quite right. We do like having a guest. That just, it just creates a new dynamic that's different, and it's different every time. So, without any further ado, it's time to press the button. And I'm going to press the button this time. Go on. Okay, here we go. I'm now pressing the button, and the button we're going to get is audited. Rob, what, does, what do you think of when someone says that's been audited? Um, I think that I have to look up the official definition because i'm not even sure what that word means except that i know it's an extremely businessy word oh, um, right. i know <laughs> well I, I know i know at work at sky uh, we had uh, lots of audits going on and my understanding of audit is when it's a thorough examination of uh, how things have been processed and procedures and make sure that everything's been done properly and examined uh that's that's so it, it's basically a check to make sure that we, uh yeah we haven't been doing anything anything wrong so uh-huh. how do you feel about sort of audits in your life i mean whether this is at work or or at home wrong. that's a good question i mean i'm gonna be honest i've never I've never really thought about it much i mean i don't really i'm not that much in like i'm not involved in many things in a business capacity and i I've kind of stayed away from a lot of the money side of work at Sky. Yeah, so some people can be really frightened of having their stuff checked. That's what I was thinking. Because, I mean, uh, I, I, I know that, for instance, I don't, people can get um, reports done at work on, you know, how well you've been doing and you get feedback. And, and you can have annual, I don't know what they call them, so in, in, in proper businesses, they do annual checks to make sure that you've been meeting the standards of the company. Um, and I wasn't sure if some people really like them and find them constructive and some people absolutely hate them and don't like being checked up on. So oh, yeah, I'm just yeah. going to throw that at you and Harry and saying, what are your general feelings of being checked up on? And yeah, get, 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 get given feedback on, on, on your output. Um, I think I love feedback, but I think as soon as you slap a word like audit on it, I want you to like get away because it sounds like <laughs> to be arrested. Um, and especially like on a, because you can get audited, can't you? And it's like, I feel like it's the equivalent of a teacher, you know, like, um, oh, what's it called? What you're talking about is when, yeah, we're, where all the schools are audited. Um, and it's, it's, not, it's a terrible, terrible process that no teacher enjoys and i think that's probably i imagine how a company probably also feels when they what is it, is it when there's like an inspector yes. and like they're checking on if your teacher is doing a good job or not during class exactly that oh my god i used to love those <laughs> the teacher would be so nice, be they, would so nice. Us, they would sit sit us down and be like 
please, there's an inspector. Be really nice and, and you know, I'll be really nice to you and you'll be really nice to me and you'll participate and everything will go well. And so we'll be little angels and the teacher would be really nice and really sweet with us and be like, yes, do ask your question. It's so interesting. Oh, that's an interesting question. And, you know, it would be so fun. I'd love it. What you're referring to, by the way, is an Ofsted. Ofsted, yeah. Ofsted. And they yeah. give you, like, outstanding or, like, yeah. Yeah. And but like any teacher in the world, it's like they absolutely just hate it, don't they? Because you just spend like the whole you spend like a month doing paperwork in preparation. Yes. I mean, but then at the same time, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, as I like to it, it sort of challenge that and go. But surely it's it's a good thing because the alternative is for for schools and other or you know, organisations that are that are funded by, you know, by the government or what have you, to just do whatever they want to do, and surely having audits and inspections um, ensures that certain standards are met. No, but that's not true though, because mm. look at what I was saying two seconds ago. Yes, I get where you're the going. The teacher would tell us to be nice, and they would be nice in return. Therefore, we would all lie blindly, like, <laughs> just like, yes, we are very nice to kids and the teacher is the best teacher ever. And then the inspector would write, oh, that teacher is really great and has really great kids and obviously has established a relation of mutual respect and whatever. <laughs> and then you go, yeah, but come back tomorrow and there's someone doing gorilla sounds standing up on the table. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I completely agree. It, it, it speaks to kind of the great problem, I think, in the UK education is that everything is that it's like the one thing teachers can't do is teach because they have to be so focused on on so many other just random stuff like Ofsted. And then, yeah, and it, it's just it's so unbelievably fake as well. If you want to be a, part, a member of Ofsted, you don't even need to be a teacher. You know, it's like it's like it's like in, in Parliament how stupid it is that. Jeremy Hunt is now Chancellor, but he has no experience in being a Chancellor, right? Same idea as Ofsted. Anyone can just be an inspector in Ofsted. And then I just think it's like, it means teachers can't teach. And it just means that anyone who has no actual education experience can just tell a teacher what they should be doing. So how would you, how, how, how would you like it to be done? What do you think is a better alternative to the system of Ofsted? That's a very good question, Phil. <laughs> Why you're the host. It's, um, it's, sometimes it's better. It, it, you think, oh, it's, it's all well and good going, oh, I hate these systems and I hate administration and I hate all But then what, you need to have something, don't you? Because the alternative is chaos. And unless, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, all, all admin systems and procedures are good because I'm absolutely of the... Uh, I, I come from an admin background um as as i don't know if you know rob but i i did I, I was working in admin for years before working for sky um and i'd come up with admin systems and procedures and a lot of people think that that's a bad thing um and they think it's it sort of restricts their ability to do their job and i'm thinking well no the system should be designed so that what you are doing is accurately recorded and that the system is designed around how it should be done not restricting you so that like you say teachers can't teach but then so therefore the system is it, it needs improving but at the same time that the, the data that it needs that they need to be able to um to i don't know quantify to 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 demonstrate that the, the school is is functioning does need in some way to be inspected don't you think or, or, or you think school shouldn't be inspected at all? It's not. It's not so much that. It's, it's more just like, it's more the nature. It's the nature of the inspection of having to. Um, it's the nature of inspection because it's so gamified, and you're aware that they're coming, so you create this false identity of what the school is, so you can get good grades, so then they don't come for a few years because yeah. the lower the grade, the quicker they come again so what happens then is every teacher's game like gaming the system like harry was saying about there's um you know everyone's told to be on their best behavior and suddenly all the teachers are doing these ridiculous lessons that have ne you've never had before so, so, it's ideally, like, so ideally the number of visits you have shouldn't depend on how badly you're doing everybody should have regular inspections 
to make sure that those standards they meet at an inspection are not falsified and actually are really happening. But also there shouldn't be no taste of it. The teachers shouldn't know when the, the you know, you know what we should have? Go oh on. my God, we should have undercover students. Oh, you mean, <laughs> you mean like, <laughs> like, like the students. 40-year-old men with, <laughs> with bowler no. hats and briefcases going, um, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> no, but like, it'd be, what I mean is, um, the, the or or you make the students do a, re, a report on the teachers regularly. Okay. Like no, 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 no. They they, they do they do. So when Ofsted come, they they ask for like like random kids has to go in, and in, in it, it is actually meant to be uh, kind of a surprise thing. I think you get like a week a week's notice or something before they come, but then you so kind of have an idea that this could be the year they come. Yeah, I mean, but that does yeah, give you time to to set up. Like you say, um, I mean, I, I don't, I would, I, I didn't actually end up working in education. I was going to, I was initially going to be a teacher, drama teacher, many years ago. Um, so, I, but anyway, I think you'd but, be a good drama teacher, Phil. Uh, really, the issue there is uh, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't mind the teaching of drama because I actually I did used to run a, a an improv workshop. So I've got no problem with that side of things. Um, but I, I, I cannot imagine anything worse than every day having to go and try to instill order into teenagers i just i just, it's just that's hell on earth i i you know that's that's like going i don't know fighting on the front lines of a of a war you just go no i think i'd rather not do that um i there are people who naturally take to it well this is the thing when i um went to uni uh, the first time uh i part of the first year was was having um a teaching placement um and they put us all on a placement and i worked in a school for a couple of weeks or was it a week i can't remember um and there were people in that school who were also in my class and they just took to it like a duck to water and you can just imagine yes they're naturally going to be teachery type authority authority people and then you got me and i'm thinking this is just no no, 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 no. I'm just far too. I don't know, but I don't feel personally. I've got an air of authority about me. Some people really have. I, th- I think Rob- for me, I think for me, it's being a teacher is. I think in the UK, I just couldn't do. It. I just think it speaks to this dichotomy of like, you want to be a teacher, but you, you're you spend so much time just doing paperwork, and the pay is so rubbish for UK teachers. Um, I really think that there's a serious. I'm such, being such a grandpa, but a serious lack of respect in the UK. To no, it's not just the UK. In, but I think in other countries, at least they get paid properly. No, no. Well, no, not in France, at least. It's really? just, uh, and even more than paper paperwork, it's also just so much police happening. The teachers are now have to police the the kids because, like you say. There's a lack of respect. And I don't think it's a grandpa vision of saying. I think it's just true. I mean, when when I look at, even when I was in school, which wasn't that long ago, but when I was in school, I never understood why kids would like start speaking very badly to the teachers and insulting them or starting to scream or or just be on their phones and not like you don't want to be here, fair enough. You don't care for the subject, but in particular fair enough just sit back and shut up maybe like you know if you want to not pay attention and just like chill in a corner fair enough just chill in the corner but why would you like why would you purposely try to mess up the lesson why would you purposely try to have an argument with the teacher or humiliate them because you'll become the cool kid and therefore are respected by your fellow kids. Have you never yeah, actually exactly. met a teenager? Fair enough. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I was, I was not that kind of teenager and, and I never understood why anyone would. Rob, were you? That's kind of destructive. Uh, I, 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 do you know what? I wish I was more destructive <laughs> in school. I was such goody two-shoes, I reckon. I got, I got a bit more... I think I got a little bit more disruptive just isn't the right word like a little bit more laid back i guess in school by the time i got a bit like sixth form but primary and secondary i was such a good teacher who's never got detention but it's the only time you can actually mess around and get away with it that's true you know? but then why i guess this brings up 
the the idea of why does anyone feel the need to disrupt? I mean, I, I, I don't just know. Just the three so of us seem to be very good people. But, that, that, but young people, dare I say, teenagers, seem to want to disrupt the class for attention, right? Are we, are we thinking that's the reason to try and justify their existence in terms of, hey, look at me, I'm doing something noticeable? Is, I, is, think it's, I think it's a lot of boredom, Phil. I think it's just, I don't know, it's like people are there because they don't want to be there. They're being yeah. forced to be there and it's like, yeah, like this will get a laugh and at least it's entertaining. And also, I don't yeah. think you see teachers as real people as when you're in school. You know, like they always say, oh, I have a life outside of school. And it's like, yeah, whatever, miss. But you don't really comprehend that idea. Um, I think you just touched on a thought there. You referred to the teacher as miss or, or Mr. whatever, right? Or sir. OK, that's what as UK British people, that's what we do. Is that what you do in France? We do. We we do say uh, ma'am, madame, whatever, or monsieur, whatever. But, um, but funny you should say that. So I've always hated the fact, because I've got a massive issue with um, hierarchy and, and authority figures. I, I don't understand how some people are above others. But... Um, I, when I was at school, I would not understand why, as a student, I would have to call the teacher Miss or Mister, and then family name, and I had to say vous, which is like the, it's you, but with like a form of, uh, how do you say, um, it's a respectful polite way of addressing someone but they would call us tu which is a familiar way of saying you and they would call us by our first name and I never understood why there was such a you call me by my first name but I have to call you by your family name and Mr and Mrs and there's this familiar vocabulary from you and my pol- polite respectful vocabulary from me towards you and I was just like that's not right to me because that really emphasized the fact that you are above me and and therefore there's this kind of want to want to rebel and to get more I don't know maybe respect from the teachers if not if not important but I had this one teacher that I'm sure I mentioned before on the podcast on the podcast I had this one physics teacher that would call us by our family names as well and say vous and be very respectful. I like that. And that was so nice. I think everybody liked that and everybody adored this mm. teacher because he was respectful in that way and he was treating us like we were treating them. So if I was, I mean, I think they should, this, I like this idea. I think we could do this work perhaps. Would you like at work to be saying, hello, Mr. Singh. Now, could you do some work? You know what I mean? And we and refer to ourselves as, you know, in, in that formal respectful way or you know, nah. well that, I, I, should have pre- I, I should have prefaced this saying my mum's a teacher so I have quite strong opinions on all this stuff <laughs> um but I think that the I guess the certain things about respect isn't it and it's like making sure that you know that they're a level above you because otherwise it could just be tyrannical couldn't it if you but, thought but, your teacher was your equal but then why is that bad as long as everybody's it, it, I think that something that Harry was touching on is, is this idea of mutual respect if you both refer to each other in formal respectful terms then then that you're on equal level and that's that's fine i think as you were saying the fact that that um teachers are put on this level of authority figure you don't think of them as 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 you know normal people as you said you don't think of them as people at all but if you were treated the same way by them then perhaps they, you know, it, it wouldn't, you'd still be respectful of them. You wouldn't think, I mean, I, I, if, if I went to school and, you know, and, and, and all the teachers referred to this, uh, each other by their first name, I think that's weird. I don't know. I mean, I, I th- it took me years to find out the first names of some of the, the teachers I had at school because we just didn't think of them in, uh, like you say, as, as, as human beings with, with a family name and a, and a, and a first name. Mm-hmm. And but I, I quite like the the formal thing, but then maybe that's just me being very, you know, formal kind of person. I, I don't know. I mean, when I was in college, 
my tutor was introduced to me as Jody. Exactly. And I was like, um, it, what? Like, you call us by our names and we call you Jody, and like, and nobody called you Mrs. Cheeks. It's no, I'm not Mrs. Cheeks, absolutely not. I'm Jody. And she was extremely friendly, and she, but I think that was a bit detrimental to her because some people were treating her like a friend. But yeah, the trouble give, like it's give an inch, give an inch, take a mile, isn't it? Like you know what kids yeah. are like, and like mm-hmm. if even like even the teachers who are really nice and everyone respected, which came few and far between, they yeah. would still get like every now and again someone would just absolutely take the piss and just like rain over their like niceness. Your idea of you know what kids are like, you see, I think that says a lot. Why do we think kids are like that? Where does that come from? Uh, is, is that is a... it, is it, isn't it peer pressure oh yeah like you've got you've got this vision of oh that's the bad boy or that's the bad girl or that's that's the popular kid that keeps getting in trouble but is therefore he's cool yeah because he's not is not the like even if you look at like all those american movies and stuff or even in 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 um how do you call them cartoons and stuff like kids cartoons you see the teacher's pet being bullied because they're teacher's pet and therefore not worthy of friends or, or respect or respects by their fellow cam- like cam- like classmates. But, and you see the bad boy or the bad, the bad students, usually a bad boy, but that's not always true. But that the the popular kid who like always get detention and yeah. usually wear a leather jacket. I don't know. What, what, or, you're, what or you're saying or is reverted snap back. So what you're saying is popular culture celebrates rebellion against authority figures, mm. and so therefore anyone who I mean everybody now is 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 brought up on this culture to rebel against authority. And so, surprise, surprise, that's exactly what happens. Yeah, but I mean, people have rebelled against authority before there yes. was a thing as popular culture. I think it's just in the nature of but, people, isn't it? Like, everyone's different and everyone's got a personality for a separate personality for like a caveman tribal reason. But then you're right. just putting everyone in there, you know, and everyone just depends, you know, there's a big difference between four to 11 and then 11 to 18. But, you know, everyone you... just gets slapped in here. I, I, so, I'm. I'm... I, I would re- challenge the idea that it's human nature to rebel against authority, or maybe it's inevitable because other cultures manage it. Am I right in thinking, and I could be wrong here, is it China? Japan? <laughs> this is why I'm trying not to sound. One of the Eastern Asian nations are very respectful and they encourage that inside their culture. And, and it's all very much about being polite and respectful to each other mm. help me out here is that true? yeah well, no. well no you're right in in asian so in in especially like kind of east asian cultures yeah. there's a big respect for your elders it's like the idea of an old person's home is a western idea um it's kind of a horrific idea in in a lot of parts a lot of places in the east because it's like well these people look after you when you're young you should look after them when they're old it's you know it's a cycle yeah. right and then i think that kind of yeah, that kind of lack of respect, I guess, bleeds into Western culture, which is an interesting idea. But then the thing is, but then, but then again, if you think like in China, the school's way more grueling. Um, if you think the kind of culture of the work ethic there, like six day working week and stuff, there's that but less we, of the freedom. But are they happier? Yeah. This is what I'm thinking. Are, are no. they happier? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like I, working, I like, yeah. I wouldn't like to judge. Uh, somebody else's culture by the what we think of is as culture to us if you see what I mean as in what we think of is great and our, our lifestyles that we celebrate may not necessarily be thought of as great by other cultures and I wouldn't want to judge and say life is awful in Japan or something because they don't do the things that we have but then at the same time they might not actually want to and they actually enjoy their lifestyles and the way I they mean, do things. If you look at a more um, Icelandic, uh, not Icelandic, Scandinavian, sorry, Scandinavian countries, uh, I think they've got weeks that are like the the kids only have like three or four days weeks, right. and they start 
early, but they finish very early their days, their week as well, because they under, the teachers understand that it doesn't matter if if you have a, a, a nine till five for a child, like 70% of the time that they're in school, their brain is not, a child attention span is not good enough at this, at, when they're too young, because their brain is still forming and stuff like that. And, and basically going through an entire day of, of nine to five of classes after classes, at some point the information doesn't get in anymore. And that's how you get kids that start laughing too loud, start making noises, start disturbing the class, because basically it's not their fault. It's more that their brain goes, nope, I've had enough of this. And, information doesn't get in and then they're bored because they can't concentrate on the lesson anymore but if you did shorter le lessons more times for breaks and and shorter days maybe shorter days but like you know for longer or less holidays for like two whole weeks or three weeks or a month you know you end up having kids that actually get more information in and less it and it's less of a torture for them because they don't have to concentrate and they get really tired at the end of the day and then they come home and they're really overwhelmed because they're really tired because they've tried they've been shouted at to stop you know stop being disruptive for the class but because they've been tired and basically it's a, 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 a horrible circle of kids going to school hating it because they're going to be forced to go through something for too long that they can't go through because their brain is not meant to at this age and then they come home and they're tired and they scream and it's horrible to get them to bed to get them to eat because they're just so overwhelmed with everything um i have a thought on this what was what were the hours when you were at school in France? Mm, depending on the class, it was nine till four until I was about 11. And then it was, depending on the days, it would be 8.30 eight till 5.30 would be the maximum of That's hours wow. I would have. That, yeah. In this school. is That's middle school. <sighs> That's, yeah, I know. See, this is why I'm asking the question. Because what you've just been describing uh, about maybe they should be Man. shorter. Rob, can I just ask, because you were at school more recently than me, what were the hours for school for you during post, you know, 11 years, uh, 11 to oh, 16? 11, yeah. yeah 11 uh, 16. Like 9 to 3.30 or like, yeah. I guess, 8. I think we, that's, yeah, not, uh, not about 9 to 3.30. Maybe yeah, that's the same with me. Like, yeah. Uh, I know. I know that when I became an au pair, and uh, and the mom told me, oh, at 3.30, you got to go and get the kids. And I was like, why? because <laughs> it's the end of the class what do you mean like the the day is over what do you mean what do you mean those kids are not going to stay in class until five o'clock like, five o'clock you're crazy they have dinner at five o'clock i'm like what do you mean they have dinner at five o'clock <laughs> they have dinner at seven or eight don't they no eight they go to bed what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> so um i mean this is why i was saying about different cultures and having different expectations you in france it's not very far away that and and the idea at all you saying that uh, that French students can't cope with those long days? I don't know. In league tables, not that, that not we mean we've established necessarily the bed and all those inspections aren't necessarily the best way. But still, in terms of education results, are French students better or worse in general than UK? Do you know more? Because I've got a feeling that you do. <sighs> do. Are we better students? Are you better educated students? I don't know. I don't know because I, I think just the culture makes people just the col the culture difference I think results in different different adults because you, you can't just take the education system. You've got to take everything around it. Cause uh you know, just like the food that you've been you're being served, the the way the teachers talk to you the amount of hours you work but also the culture of the country you live in i think all of that ends up being uh, having results on how you end up being a student and how you end up as an adult after okay. i don't think just the educational system in which you are 
can only tell you if they're better students or not. I think as French people, we tend to be lazy. Okay. Uh, and that's my my personal opinion of <laughs> one single French person. That's not the opinion of all French. Of all French. <laughs> Got that now. That's Hot a take. definite fact. <laughs> I think I think that French people tend to be lazier. Now that doesn't mean that there are no hard-working French people because that's not true. There are no hard-working French people. Just had that on the podcast. So. Another hot take, right there. <laughs> Don't take the words out of my mouth, thank you. But um, but then you've got. I think it depends. I think all kids are different, and I think uh, I do agree that I think the hours are too long in France because. I know that the last lesson of the day, nobody's there. <laughs> nobody's listening. And the teachers know that. The teachers know that the first lesson of the day and the last lesson of the day, the kids are not there. They will not get actual good knowledge from the first lesson and the last lesson. Because the first lesson, if it's 8.30, you had to wake up at 7 or 6, depending six thirty, depending on how far you live from the school. Sorry, what? what? But because when I was in wow. in high school, if I had if I was if I was starting at eight thirty, my bus would be at seven thirty. Therefore, I had to wake up around six thirty because I had to walk all the way to the bus stop. So yeah, six thirty start start at eight thirty. If I was finishing at five thirty, I wouldn't get to my bus stop at, before six thirty. So I'm not home until yeah six forty five seven o'clock in the evening. Wow. Oh, wow. working on set must be a breeze for you then. <laughs> it's not that hard. So that's why I don't understand a lot of people saying, oh, it's a long day. I'm like, we've only been working for 12 hours. <laughs> that's insane. It's not every day. That's not, um, you, you, you can't say that every single day is 8.30 till 5.30. That's very rare. But it's the, early, the earliest and the latest you can work. But I think it's uh, a 9 till 5 is, the, is usually the norm. But yeah, I did have eight thirty till five thirty, and that was that was brutal on my teenager brain because you get so much information thrown at you, especially between eleven and fifteen, and you've got so much you learn in so much depth, and then you've got to wake up so early, and then you get to class and you're barely woken up, and you've got half a breakfast in you if if you had time to have breakfast. And you, you're trying to get into the day, but it's so early in the morning and you don't get really awake until it's like 10 o'clock break. And then you can mm. start your day. But then when it, you get to your second break in the after, afternoon and then you've got that last hour of like 4.30 till 5.30 and you're like, you just want to go to bed because <laughs> you're so tired and and you, you've been like bombarded with so much information of so many different like You've had French, Spanish, and English in the same day. Now you're in history, and you're like, hey, that's too much dates and geographies and maps, and you just I, want to go to bed. I, I, <laughs> I was just going to bring up, you said you just did French, Spanish, and uh, English. and English. So that's three. Yeah. three yeah. Mm. And you did Latin, didn't you? I did Latin as well. Was this primary or secondary? Or are you doing no, middle school? So French, English, and Spanish, I had... All three starting when I was about 13. Wow. Till I was 18. I was hopeless at languages, honestly. Yeah. And Latin, Latin, I only did two years for when I was 13 and 14. And then I got to high school and I was like, no, we're studying philosophy and everything and it's going to be hard so therefore i'm gonna i'm gonna drop on the latin because i think it's going to be too much <laughs> listen to that sentence how does that compare just to clarify i'm going to drop the latin because i want to do philosophy at well, it's high not, school it's not yeah i didn't even get i couldn't even do that even if i wanted to i didn't even get an, op- well, an high school uh, high school in france land. is uh 16 till 18 so it's oh. college really oh okay when you think of high school but up to that point, yeah, when do you hang on? Because we have, I we, think we started philosophy in when I was, yeah, 15, 16, and then until I was 18. Right, yeah. So um, that's, can, 11, can I ask, Harry, were you in private education? No. Because oh, in the UK, in the UK, you cannot find 
you know, not that thing we should study it, but you cannot find a state school that will do Latin and probably can't well, find uh, it. Most schools do Latin. And, and philosophy as well. Uh, philosophy yeah, is just, high, it's just a normal high school in France. Isn't that if, if you do liter- literature, if you do a literature baccalaureate, you have philosophy. But if you do a scientific, a scientific philo- um, baccalaureate, you can still have philosophy, but you have so much less. I had four or six hours. I think I had four or five hours of philosophy in in my baccalaureate per week. <laughs> that's 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 a whole day. Yeah. Well, that, we had session of uh, two hours. So for, I think it's four, four or five wow. hours of philosophy a week. I had eight and a half hours of English. How does that compare with your experience, Rob? Um, did like one hour of French a week and still <laughs> up to the age of 11 and then did what maybe I ended up picking Spanish. We, oh, Joe, wow. we we actually we actually had to do a language as compulsory, but I was so bad at languages that when I, I when I picked my GCSEs, I just didn't pick a language. And then someone mentioned that to me, and I was like, "I'm really bad," and they just let me off. So <laughs> I did I did Spanish for three years, I guess. Probably did that like three four hours a week, and then that's it. That's my. But then that's a that's a UK though, and no one in the UK can speak a second language. That's just like. Part, part <laughs> of the would you put English? Why would you bother? Wow. Just it's true to... though English is just everyone I feel so guilty though when I go abroad and, and like you know oh, I don't know Phil you relate to this the worst ever is when you say hello to you go abroad you say hello in their like native language and then they say hello back in English and you're like oh, I've really <laughs> tried <laughs> <laughs> well it's worse if they start speaking back to you as if you've got it right and then they speak oh, to you yeah. in, in the language and you're all like no, I can only say the word Sorry. hello. Sorry. Yeah. And I've been a little bit chuffed. They thought I could actually language. It's, it's very much a lose-lose, that one, because, I mean, I'm, I'm learning French uh, just because, really. So I can have... Well, to speak to my family. Yes. Mostly. Because they don't speak English that well. Well, my mum kind of does. She, she can understand quite well if you don't speak too fast. But... Um, and she she's all right with answering, although she understands much better than she speaks. But she will understand, and she will make herself understand in English. And if and sometimes if she missing if she's missing the odd vocabulary word, I I come in and I act as a translator. <laughs> but you know, I think most of the vocabulary that she learned was not from school, but from watching so many American and British series. TV shows, shows. and that's that's, how I did it as well. I mean, that's not true because I had again eight and a half hours of English a week. (laughs) But um, a lot of my vocabulary I got from reading books in one pages in French and one pages in English. So I would read books like that. I would read. I would watch movies that I knew the plot of in French. And I would watch it in English with French subtitles. And then when I got it enough, I would watch it in English with English subtitles. So I could hear and and read the words at the same time. And I got a lot of my vocabulary by watching a lot, a lot of media in English, especially British English, because I didn't like the American accent, accents, because there's not just one American accent. But I like I liked the British accents more. Yes, it's helpful, really. Nice. Um, yes, well, it sounds so much better, doesn't it? it? I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I, I even even to this day, I struggle with some American accents. There are sometimes where I, I'm watching a video or a movie, and it's a, it, it's American, and I'm like, can we put the subtitles on because I've got no idea what's been happening in the last ten minutes. Yeah, because you can't follow. Like I grab yeah. I grab words, but I've got no idea what what's actually happening. To be fair, I I can I can understand that. Because uh, an awful lot of, should we say, modern films, the sound is is not great, and uh, there seems to be a trend towards sort of quiet dialogue that is just. Been, yeah. It's a lot of mumbling. Yeah, sound mixing is just so annoying, especially because it's so like bass heavy as well. A lot of like the audio and effects, and then 
coming in with yeah. a voice like that. Yeah. Have, have you seen um, what's it called? Tenet. I have seen Tenet. Can't yes. understand a word, can you? Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> have. You haven't cannot, seen yeah. Tenet yet. No. Um, see, the thing about Tenet uh, is it's got a very complicated plot, should we say? Um, but the only way to understand it is to have someone else explain it to you afterwards. Or if you've got the subtitles, you might be able to understand what's going on because the expository dialogue is just explaining what's going on. We're going to talk, but you can't understand it. It's it's, mm. um, it, it's so mumbly. And then you've got Hans Zimmer doing the music with his sort of. That's me being Hans Zimmer. In case anyone knows what his music, it's always big, loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. always. Uh, Always. Um, so, and while that's going on, you've got mumbly dialogue that's supposed to be explaining what's going on, and it's a plot that's all time travelly, wibbly wobbly, all that stuff. So, yeah, and so I can really understand that uh, it might be worth watching when we finally get around to watching Tenet. I might watch it with subtitles anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost so you can understand. Well, like I, I saw it with a couple of people who um, studied physics, and they absolutely tore it a new one when I watched it because they. <laughs> They're just like it makes no sense. The physics, like, oh mate, according to this and that, make the film makes no sense. They're like, why is it trying to be so clever? It's not even smart. And that was me, like English, I, English student. Like, I thought it was clever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was Christopher Nolan trying to be clever, but for me, without turning this into a film review episode, the problem with it is that it's got no heart. It's it's showing off in in terms of hey, if I've got this really complicated plot. That, um, in terms of, you know, what's going on is very, very difficult to follow. But that's it. That's all it is. Once you actually understand what's going on, it's very much a case of, right, so. Um, mm. And I, I, I yeah, I, so I, I was really disappointed in that, as opposed to something like The Prestige, which is also oh, Christopher Nolan. Class, yeah. Yeah, so good. So good. And yeah. you've not seen The Prestige yet okay. either. Oh. It's, it's, it's practically the opposite in the sense that, yes, it's got a complicated plot and it's not time travel exactly. You've got a lot of flashbacks going on, mm. but it's all in the heart. It's all about emotions. And I just, I, it really, I, yeah, and Prestige is so good. And it doesn't make, I don't understand how Christopher Nolan can, it seems to be getting less emotional as, as he's making more and more films and getting trying to be cleverer, like a, like a, a student mm. trying to show off with, hey, I've got this really clever camera move in this one. Mm. Um, and you just go, so? What, what, yeah, what's the story? but it's still, it's it's okay. though, the thing is, say all that, it's still a hell of a lot better than 99% of other big blockbuster. I mean, he's what he's really, he's the, the only kind of popular. Okay, again, Memento is another example of, yes, it's really clever so in the way that, but it works on an emotional level. Mm. What yeah. you're, you haven't again seen it, but it's no. told sort of inside out, and again we'll watch it. But the 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 cleverness is tied up with getting an emotional response from the audience, looking at the characters and understanding what's going on. Oh my word, that's really bad sort of response. Yeah. But mm. but yeah, Tenet is just oh that's clever, and it and it's more intellectual than it is heartfelt. And I I mean argue with me. If you, when you go to the movies, I think people go there for an emotional experience. That's it. That's the only reason why they go. Tell me, you go to the movies to, to laugh or to cry or to be, you know, in some way engaged with a, a, a hero that's gone through the ringer and you, you're happy that they've saved the day or sad that they've died or something like that. But it's always emotion is why you go. Otherwise, what, why, what were you there for? Disagree. Go on. Moon Age Daydream. Yes. That's so good. But that is literally the one big emotion though, isn't it? But is it though? It's 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 a love letter to David Bowie with the word by the words of David Bowie. What was that first word? Love letter, yes. Love letter. Yes, I know. Is that not an emotion? Yes, it is. But what I mean is it's mostly pretty pictures and pretty sounds and pretty aesthetics it just so happened to have a philosophical main line that it flows through but really it's a documentary about david bowie with pretty pictures and pretty aesthetics and pretty uh, music but 
if you're not a fan of David Bowie, mm. I think you can still like the experience of watching Moon Age Daydream because it's an art project with a philosophical kind of view on life in the background. But do you get big emotions? Do you get no? Because there's no plot, not really, a apart from the lifetime of a person. There's no plot. There's no. There's no. Oh my God! That, that is the plot, though. That's just the life. That his. That's you. That is the plot. It's his life. It follows four title albums, and I think. Sorry, Harry, to absolutely rain on your parade, no, but on. I think you could have picked the worst example of <laughs> why you would go to see a film for emotion. The film is is. Is, is only emotion like the whole point of it is you meant to not even think and just be overwhelmed by imagery and sound which i think is because you're playing purely into emotion i i would also argue you were saying it's a philosophy not to gang up on you but if it's got a philosophical <laughs> but... approach what is philosophy if not a call to emotion it, although you're going to go, wait, that's an intellectual exercise. But why would someone come up with a philosophy in life if not to try to satisfy that part of you that is is about understanding, not on an intellectual level, because that's sort of cold, hard fact, but about emotionally being able to pr process the world that we live in? Yeah. Um, hmm. So... So I, that's why I think. I mean, you did philosophy. You studied philosophy. I did, is yeah. is philosophy not surely is just a, a way of thinking and processing the world that feels emotionally true to oh, you? De definitely, it's it's the it's 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 another type of religion, I believe. I think I think I mean that comes from someone that does not particularly believe, or I don't know what I don't. No, basically, but I I don't know if I believe or not in some sort of higher power of some creative power. I do not know, but I think what happened with religions, and again, it's my only personal opinion. <laughs> Nobody else. I'm not taking neither Rob or Phil with me on this opinion because I do not know where you both stand. Although I have an idea with Phil, but. <laughs> I, I I think what religions were meant for at the beginning was give answers to people that didn't have answers. So what's how did it how did we get here? Why are we here? What can we do and not do? What are good things to do for society and bad things to do for society? And what's gonna happen when we die? And basically, if you tell a bunch of people you're here because science and there's no reason for you to be alive apart from the fact that you were in the right place in the right moment or other people were in the right place in the right, or, or random atoms were in the right place in the right moment. You evolved because it happened because science, there is no reason for it. Your life has no means. And when you're dead, you're dead and there's nothing. Everybody would just freak out everybody would just be like oh my god there's no purpose why am i here no reason and we're all gonna die anyway and so therefore everybody would just run around like headless chickens and not do anything with themselves because or, or not but i think i think religions but also philosophy was meant for this purpose of giving a reason a purpose or at least some answers to questions that nobody really has answers to in short, it's a framework. It's a framework for happiness. Hmm. So here's it's a here's a model we can create that you know that helps you perceive what and happiness. Cope. Yeah, and cope, but also it makes you happy. Because hmm. um, I think that happiness is something you have to to work at, but it's always within certain parameters, and those parameters are are are, are taught to you. So, for instance, if you uh, if, if money makes you happy, you have to be taught that money is a source of happiness. Mm. If if being nice to people that that's, again, taught if it doesn't necessarily mean you've got someone sitting down teaching you at school, like, you know, education, although it wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, we are taught in so many ways through media and culture and all that sort of stuff, how we are yeah. 
informed as people. Um, but I, I think that's I think that's what philosophy is, and and that that happiness is like I say about being emotionally. How can we be happy? This try if you see the world in this way, whatever way it is, mm. whatever way is you know someone's teaching, then suddenly the world will be a better place, and you're going to be happy, and you you've got a purpose, or you've got a position, or a context in which. Rob, do you agree with any of this? Is this uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think about it too much, to be honest. I mean, I kind of just think nothing matters, therefore everything matters. So, okay. like, nothing matters, so I get to choose what matters. Um, okay. And I'm pretty happy with that. I kind of think that when I die, I die. Nothing's going to, like, there's no afterlife. There's nothing. We're just here. And it means that I get to kind of live life to the fullest because I'm like, well, I've only got one of it. And I think if I kind of knew that I had, you know, does what I have, uh, like a heavenly father and stuff, I'd definitely be a bit more relaxed just for the knowledge <laughs> of like, well, you know, who cares? I'm going to be in like eternal bliss for like uh, forever. So, you know, who cares? I'll just relax now and just like do whatever. So, so, think, so what, yeah. what would that look like to you? What do you, what, what is your idea of happiness in, in, you know, in your world? Uh, just I think just doing I think happiness is being able to do what you, do the things you want to do no I don't know I don't know Phil I just think I think it's just doing I don't know I'm a pretty happy person right and I think it's because I think I'm pretty active and I kind of just do what I want to do in the sense of like if there's a hobby I want to pick up I'll pick it up right and it means that I kind of just get kind of rewarded from doing that. And I, you know, and I think until that goes wrong, then I'll reassess. <laughs> but I think if I think about it too much, then that's just, not that I don't think you should think about it too much, but I think if I just start deep in how, what it means to be happy and whether I'm happy and, you know, and what do I want to do and stuff, I think that's when I start to get a little bit sad. But also, you know, you, you have to be sad to be happy, you know. Oh, Okay. <laughs> You have to be sad to be happy. No, well, I don't. What happy, I don't you can't be. You can't be happy unless you know. Unless you've been sad, right? Because there has to be a base. Otherwise, you're just nothing. Like right. life's a roller coaster, isn't it? As as I'm sure Ronan Keating once taught us, I believe. Go on. There was a song. What's your song? Explain the reference because I don't get it. Oh, yeah, I don't Rob, get it either. Oh, oh gosh, I'm showing my age. Ronan Keating, our boy zone. Did a song called "Life Is a Roller Coaster." Oh, uh, see, I'm a natural <laughs> poet. Oh, I just thought everyone would know this. No, because we're not 115. 67 no, million I... plays on Spotify, though. There you go. That song. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Told you. A million plays of people over 50. Maybe. Nice. Yeah, I'm not over 50, and I'm not even a no, fan. Yeah. Six seven million. Know. That's probably the average age of the person who listens to that song as well. Uh, I, I met Ronan Keating once. Did you? I didn't like him at all. Ouch! <laughs> but I think I what, what, what was it, what was the context? Um, I, I I used to run a magazine, and now I run a website as well as this. Um, and I often get to meet famous people. And in this instance, uh, he was doing a big event in Norfolk, uh, meeting all his uh, doing a meet and greet with some of his fans. Um, and he just didn't seem to be enjoying it. Um, and it was it was more of a chore and it, it seemed to be very much a case of hello, 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 like a person oh, in a factory. And I, if you imagine uh, if anyone else would be going, oh, wow, I want to be famous because I want people to come up and sign and be excited to meet me. But he didn't seem to be really into it. I mean, maybe he's just having a bad day, but it. But sometimes I feel like, you know, sometimes you, uh, you just want to do your music and fame just kind of comes along. Yes, it's it's kind of like, yeah, but if you if you gave your music to someone to produce it, therefore you know that there's a chance that you might end up being famous. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But some famous people just really just want to put their art out there and not have to deal with the masses. Mm. And I, I think know. sometimes they're like forced by their labels or management or whatever to go to those big meet and greets and they don't particularly want to do that. They, they it, That doesn't mean that they don't want to do concerts and stuff like that, but sometimes they don't want to have to go through 
like two hours of signing papers and taking pictures and they'd rather be home and be making music or some or on stage making music you know sometimes they just kind of forced into it and i i don't think we should force anyone to do anything and i mean oh yeah but you're being paid for this yeah but you know some people are being paid to do horrible things that they don't really particularly have the choice to do other things and sometimes you know you, you every job have a good like a good aspect and a bad aspect of them i suspect like every job have good sides and bad sides and you kind of have to deal with both you can't kind of have a swift ride all of the time although i'm sure it happens mm. but you know I, I think some of those artists are forced into it and that's why they look like they're absolutely miserable because either it's because of money or it's because they have to kind of show themselves and stuff like that because it's good for their image but even then is it because if you're looking like you're having a miserable time is it good for your image because then everybody who's living this meet and greet will go well, he was a miserable bugger. Well, that's what I thought. Harry, Harry, I, I, I do. I actually agree with you there, but I do think I don't know how much boys are in it for the art, though. I feel like they're pretty <laughs> as commercial as as commercial as it comes, and yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like for someone aware. like him, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Rob's point is that they you don't go into a a, a you know boy band uh, on the understanding that you're going to create art in the intellectual sense but yeah, okay, in a, maybe. You're, you're right, a if you look at who signed them i bet it's going to be oh there you go louis will sign them right yes, so that's pretty much <laughs> as like commercial as you can get isn't it like they kind of you know for them it's like the the fact that they make music quote unquote but they don't even like write it even if it's just money related even if they're into that boy band just to make money they still might not want to be signing thousands and thousands of pictures for like meet and greets and stuff because like uh, yeah I, I, mean, I mean job, I think that's what, I think that's what they, they are that's the whole point of them yeah yeah but like some people are just like I just want to do my job sing my song get get like the camera on me for a minute and then get home and you know get my money yeah but I think the point that Rob was making is that the whole meeting the fans and all that is the job. Is as much yeah, like, like for someone like I think for a band like Boyzone and for an artist like Ronan Keating, I just I think that I just think the art kind of probably comes second a little bit, and they're meant to they're kind of they're created. They, what's the word for that? But you know what I mean like they're just created, aren't they? It's like One Direction and stuff. Manufactured. I yeah, they're just like... manufactured, aren't they? They, you know, yeah, they're meant to I'm... just come and go. Yeah, like, like One Direction. Yeah, um, or like and... I guess take take that to the different take that no very but much man i think they started i think now they're a bit different but they definitely started out like that didn't they oh, oh like, absolutely it's a bit like with the monkeys because they were also uh manufactured they were a response to the beatles um but done by an american tv company um they're not actually meant to be musicians they're meant to be um actors on a tv show and then they would be characters on the tv show who happen to be musicians in the show and then mm. the tv show would then release records and the tv show would then release albums so it was tv show first um yeah actually, it's like um, they auditioned as actors rather than musicians which is a really strange thing well, like anna montana well, well quite yes exactly very good example she's yeah absolutely yeah. And, and miley cyrus went on to become a musician. No, they, they, they talk about that in. Um, do you know that book, Easy Riders Raging Bulls, by Peter Biskind? I don't. It's Please really, do. really, really good. It's about the film, the American film industry in like the sixties and seventies. Um, they talk about the monkeys and that, and like how they were kind of manufactured. Um, um, just sort of the ways that they would, um, kind of like the ways that they would kind of market them and, and manipulate them, and like obviously in the nineteen sixties way, would be like two TV producers they had this story of how they both just took a load of drugs, went on the beach and then just came up with all these ideas for what the monkeys were going to do. And it's like, um, yeah. I'm not surprised. If you've seen the film Head, the monkeys movie Head, absolutely. Um, uh, it is created by somebody on drugs. There is no doubt about <laughs> it. Um, it, it. If you've seen the, the movie, the Beatles movies, they're, they're relatively strange. I mean, the first one is the, the Hard Day's Night is is fairly ordinary with some little odd bits in it. 
Um, then you've got help, which is quite strange, but still relatively followable. Head is just surreal. It really is quite peculiar. Um, and mm. it's directed by Jack Nicholson, I believe. Mm. Uh, so I think he's directing it. It's, yeah, he's, um, and it's just plain odd. But that was what people did in the 60s. Um, whereas now I think manufactured pop bands are a lot more controlled. I'm going to leave this into Harry's direction because your specialist subject is a certain manufactured pop band from no, Korea. No, that's not true. It's not no. my special subject. That's not true. But um, oh, if we want to talk about idols in uh, Korean, like uh, K-pop kind of culture. This is what we're talking about. K-pop is not a new thing. No. K-pop has been very much a thing for absolutely ages. I'm talking 90s and stuff. Absolutely ages. <laughs> but what I mean is, uh, well, to the level you said, oh, you, nowadays, mm. it's not as, well, it's it's not nowadays. It's been, it's been around for 20 years. 20 years. And, or more. Or more, yeah. And, and, yeah, they are completely manufactured. We take a whole bunch of beautiful 15 years old yes 15 years old you train them for a good four years until they get to kind of 17 18 yeah 17 18 kind of area you train them then they're like put in houses where they see no one but their dance teacher their choreographer and their singing teacher they live with other idols and they're all training and then eventually you'll take all the trainees you choose the ones that are the best you make a group out of them and then you make them do nothing but work you make them do nothing but record albums do tours and be on telly and be on like entertainment shows and they have very like difficult choreograph choreographies and 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 dance numbers and the cameramen know how to move and when to move to follow the exact choreography of that exact song that will always have the exact same move at the exact same time but you change the costume a little bit and it's just and they have extreme diets extreme schedules extreme every single thing of their life is tailored very meticulously everything they wear everything they eat everything they look at they watch everything they interact with if they've got a contract for adverts with i don't know androids they cannot be seen touching an apple as in in their contract it says can't touch any other brand than Huawei or Android yeah. or whatever. Whatever the contract they have, they can't touch anything else. So sometimes you'll see like um, shows, like live shows, concerts, where some people like hand them their phone to take pictures of, of them, like either of themselves or with the people in the back kind of thing. Mm. Like, oh, take my phone, take a picture, take a picture during the concert. And sometimes you see them bend bend over, go to grab a phone, and then really take their hands really quick away because they go, oh my, sorry, sorry, it's an apple, I can't touch it, sorry. And then they move over and they take like another phone because they know that this brand they can. Wow. That's how crazy it is. And you see people fainting all the time because in Korea, especially in Korea, there's this like crazy idea that people should be extremely thin. And so therefore they kind of starve themselves and also they are dancing all the time and they get really hot and they get and they don't sleep enough because they have such a tight schedule of doing so much and so therefore they keep fainting on on like on stage and stuff like that it's absolutely mental they're not allowed to be in a relationship as well wow at all they're not allowed to at all unless it's kind of like it, 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 you kind of have to discuss it with your management and say I've met someone, or it has to be secret. And then if it can't, comes out into the like the tabloids, and then it's like a massive 
absolutely massive story of oh my god they're not because mm. idols are supposed to be celibate because that way all the young girls and all the young boys can dream about them and oh they're all mine 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 mine, mine. that's what happened with the jonas brothers isn't it same thing uh, it happened with the beatles paul mccartney yeah. and john lennon even was not allowed every single by a boy band or girl band yeah john lennon was married but he, they, they weren't allowed to talk about it and and paul mccartney had a girlfriend and it was all very you know got a all that sort of stuff was very much minimised in their early days wow. anyway. Um, it, so what all this means basically is that we should appreciate the, the, the lives that we have because it could be worse. We could be a pop star. I mean, that, that's, that's... I would never want to be famous. No. If it's that... If that's no, 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 it could be that bad. Anyway, on that bombshell, <laughs> I think... <laughs> um, so thank you very much, Rob. That was... Uh, Can I have a word? Uh, yeah, and yeah, so we are on all of the podcast platforms. Uh, so we're on Apple, whatever it's called, Apple Podcast, Apple Music, uh, and Google thing. I'm are you on Spotify? Guess. We are on Spotify. That's yeah, our main nice. one. We mention that one. So yes, we're <laughs> on Spotify or Apple. We're on. Google. We're on all of them. But if there are any that we're not on that you think, oh yeah, we should be on that, let us know. We'll check. But in theory, we're everywhere. Uh, so that's kind of good. Uh, what else have we got? So make sure that uh, if you're listening to us on those platforms, you uh, follow or subscribe uh, so you can get notified of the next episode when it comes out. Also, make sure that you look out for us on Facebook and Twitter at... Can I ever reply? Because uh, then you can make comments and posts and oh. share this stuff that we come out with. Um, if you'd like to be a guest like Rob here... Um, uh, then do let us know because we love to have people on here. We do love having, uh, it's been great having you on here, Rob. I do love having a guest. Um, yeah, tell me, guys. I've really it. has been great. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode or even if you haven't, please share this episode on your social media channels of choice or however one does it in this modern age. Uh, as much as I don't like social media, it can be very helpful <laughs> to help get the word we'll out. Make um, well, quite. Um, and don't forget to listen to um, other episodes. We've got over 50 episodes of this rambly nonsense. Uh, Random rambles, I think is what I referred to it as <laughs> before. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, do, do enjoy those. Um, and if there's anything that we've talked about that we've just talked complete nonsense and it's just plain wrong, or if you want to argue with us or correct us, do get in touch because we'll then uh, do our, well, we basically want you to do our research for us. Uh, I think is the idea. Um, so do let us know if, if we've got anything that we should know that we have got wrong. Um, but uh, other than that, um, thank you very much for listening and bye. bye.